This is episode number 191, and today I'm sharing my top five Bible study resources for Bible nerds. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical Christian training. So I've wanted to make an episode like this for some time uh, where I just go really in-depth to explain what are the Bible study resources and tools that I'm using currently, but not just telling you what they are, but actually walking you through how I use them to actually improve my Bible study. And the thing that's really exciting about these tools is that uh, if you use these tools effectively, then you can have everything at your disposal that a seminary student would have 20 years ago. The The internet and, and the resources that have come out uh, have really leveled the playing field where you don't have to spend four years studying uh, Bible or theology somewhere to get access to this knowledge anymore and become an excellent Bible reader. So today I will share my favorite resources that I'm currently using. Some of them are free to use and some require a bit of an investment and uh, which is par for the course. A lot of times you, you get what you pay for and that's absolutely true. Um, and these resources I would encourage you to consider if you are an above average Bible reader. And the way that I would define above average is if you have read the Bible for several years and you're pretty familiar with the ins and outs of where to find things, uh, what parts of the Bible talk about what you've memorized, you know, a, a, a wealth of passages and, and have them at your fingertips. And you're looking to go beyond just reading the Bible and just trying to figure things out by using the immediate context of the scripture itself, and to really dig deep into things like the historical context, um, the original languages, commentaries, exegetical studies, those kind of things, where, where you're really trying to dig deep into the meat of the scripture, that's what these resources are for. And so if you're not at that point, totally fine. Uh, you can stop, You have permission to stop listening to this episode and just pick it up back tomorrow. But if that is you, if you are an above-the-average Bible reader and you're looking for some resources to help you take that next step to go even deeper in your Bible study, then definitely pay attention to these five resources that I'm about to talk about, especially number five, all right? So, so I want to take some special time to talk about the number five resource because it really is a game changer and I want to I wanna do it justice, all right? But let's start with number one. And my number one resource that I use consistently is Blue Letter Bible. In my opinion, Blue Letter Bible is the best free online Bible. And its greatest strength compared to some other online Bibles, like uh, Bible Gateway and other similar websites, is that it has a lot of tools that allow you to dive deeper into specific verses. Uh, that's that's what I see as its greatest strength. When you need something that goes a little bit beyond just the scriptures that you have in your Bible, and you're trying to get a little bit more information uh, that's quick and easy to find, 
because that's that's the the trouble is okay that's great you want to know what this word is in greek but what's an easy and quick way to do that well blue letter bible is really set up well for that and so for instance if you look up a verse in blue letter bible and you click on it a section will open up with a bunch of different things that you can look at one of them is the interlinear which is the original language the original text so if you click on that in the new testament it'll show you what the Greek words are that are translated into the verse in English or in whatever language you're speak you're you're reading it in. Uh, and if you're in the Old Testament, it'll show you the Hebrew, right, or the Aramaic in some sections. And so the interlinear allows you to dig deep into the original language and see what the definition of each of those words is. And often that brings to life a lot of additional questions, but also clarity to some of the questions that you already have to help you Uh, better understand what you're reading in your Bible. Uh, It's also really easy to see additional translations where let's say that you're looking at John 3.16 and you click on additional translations. It'll show you the translation you're in and then NIV, KJV, NLT, ESV, NASB. It'll show you all the different Bible translations, all the different uh, (laughs) kinds of Bibles and how they translated that particular verse. So it'll show you how every single one of these Bibles uh, translated John 3.16. And so you can look for the broader themes. You can look for the similarities, the differences, and and see, maybe get a better picture, a better whole picture of what that writer was originally trying to write. Uh, there's also a wealth of free Bible commentaries, uh, most notably Matthew Henry and Chuck Smith. Uh, both of those are really good. David Guzik's commentary, I believe, is on there as well. And commentaries essentially just add amplifying information to help give you some frame of reference for what you're reading. So a good Bible commentary will explain the backdrop of uh, the context of the passage, why the writer is writing it, the importance of individual verses and how they fit into the broader themes of the book that you're reading. And so just give you that extra bit of information to kind of paint more of a whole picture than just taking one verse out of context and looking at it with a microscope. And then there's also... Uh, It also has Bible dictionaries with definitions for words in each passage. And the reason that you really want a Bible dictionary over using like a Webster's dictionary is because a Bible dictionary will take into account the context of the word, right? So if you look up uh, the word vine, for instance, in a regular dictionary, it's just going to tell you that it's a plant. But a Bible dictionary is going to give you that, yeah, it's a plant, but this is why it's significant. These are the places it shows up. And uh, this is how it might be being used in that context. So it gives you more of a Bible-based definition than just your typical dictionary. And that can be really helpful when you see a word and you're not really sure how it's being used or why it's significant. And so, so those are the kinds of tools that are easily accessed with Blue Letter Bible that you can't get just by reading your, your paper Bible or uh, using just a regular Bible reader or Bible reading app. Um, it does have an app. So blueletterbible.org is the website, and it has an app that you can download on your phone, and that's the one that I use all the time. When I'm in church or I need to look up something quickly, I just pop over to my Blue Letter Bible app because I know how to navigate to everything really quickly and get what I need uh, without having to go through a bunch of work and trying to dig for things. So it's a free resource. Highly recommend it as my go-to free online Bible. So you can download the app in the App Store or just go to blueletterbible.org. My number two resource is a book, and it's How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And so when I was introduced to this 
this particular resource, I had read the Bible for a number of years and was becoming more and more familiar with it. And I wanted to dig deeper. I wanted to understand more about how the Bible was written and how to read it correctly. Because there are all kinds of different parts of the Bible that (laughs) you can read incorrectly if you don't use the proper uh, approach. So for instance, if you read the book of Psalms and you're trying to take the psalmist literally when he's writing a love poem, well, you're going to get into some trouble theologically and doctrinally really, really quickly. And so I wanted to make sure that as I was reading the Bible, that I was approaching it with the right frame of mind and the right perspective and trying to get out what the writer's intent was, not necessarily my own worldview that I'm bringing and putting into the text as I read it. And so this Bible, this, this Bible resource really helped me, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. And uh, it was recommended to me Um, again, when I was trying to graduate from just reading the Bible at face value, and it really made a big difference in helping me take that next step. And you'll read it one time all the way through, and then you'll go back and reference it often. Uh, But it teaches you how to read the Bible properly. It goes through every major section of the Bible and teaches you how to read that particular section, right? So it teaches you how to approach reading an epistle, which is one of the New Testament letters. It teaches you how to read Old Testament stories, It teaches you how to read the Gospels. It even talks about how to read Revelation correctly. And and is there actually a dragon somewhere? And, you know, what's what's going on with all of these scrolls? It tells you how to approach the book of Revelation correctly so you can actually dig into what the writer was originally trying to communicate. So really, really important when you're trying to develop a solid foundation in your biblical convictions. And ultimately, the foundation that you're going to get from reading that book and utilizing it is you're going to be able to do proper exegesis, which is understanding the original intent of what was written. And that is the first step to proper Bible study, is knowing why the writer wrote what they wrote and how the reader received it and interpreted it. So How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth is a fantastic book. I will leave a link in the episode notes for all of these resources, but for this one as well. So if you want to grab a copy and start reading it, uh, I'll leave a link to Amazon where you can go and pick it up. The number three Bible resource that I want to tell you guys about is the companion to How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, and it's called How to Read the Bible Book by Book. And so what this book does differently than How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth is it builds on the broad strokes and themes that you learn in the first book, in How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, and it tells you the proper reading and context for every book in the Bible. So if How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth talks about the general approach, how to read the different kinds of literature, How to Read the Bible Book by Book is going to teach you how to read the book of Matthew. It's going to teach you how to read the book of Joshua. It's going to teach you how to read the book of First Kings, all right? And so it'll even go into things like the content of the book of the Bible itself. It'll tell you Everything that uh, is known about the author, the date the book was written, who the recipients were, what the occasion was for the writing, you know, why was this particular book of the Bible written, and the emphases of the book. So, they even give you the highlights to help you see what are the things that I should be paying attention to and looking for as I read this book. And he will even give you a brief overview of the book itself, so you'll be able to see the big picture before you dive into the nitty-gritty and read the individual verses. And 
It will also give you specific advice for reading the book. So it'll give you the historical, the geographic, and the political context so that when you go to read the book, you're going to have so much more awareness and understanding of what's going on that you're going to start to notice things you didn't even know were there. So just to give you a taste, I want to um, read for you what uh, How to Read the Bible Book by Book says for the book of Philippians, which is one of my favorite books and a lot of people's favorite books in the Bible. And, uh, and I can almost guarantee you're going to learn something here uh, in the next couple minutes. And so what I'm about to read is specific advice for reading Philippians. And so, so this is going to basically break down how you should approach the book of Philippians to get the most out of it and to really understand it to the full. And it says, although Philippians is much loved, most people have a difficult time following its flow of thought since it is not easy to see how everything fits together. Knowing three things should help you to see how the letter works and hopefully make it even more special to read and obey. First, friendship was a much more significant matter in the Greco-Roman world than it is in Western cultures, so much so that the highest level of friendship between equals and based on mutual goodwill and trust was the topic of several tracts among the philosophers, starting with Aristotle. Such friendship was entered in consciously, almost contractually. It was always accompanied by social reciprocity. That is, friends expect to benefit one another by their mutual goodwill and trust, which was most often expressed by way of metaphors from commerce, especially mutually giving and receiving. A striking feature of such friendship was the assumption that friends had mutual enemies, so that those who stood in opposition to one party in the friendship became the automatic enemies of the other. And here gives a reference to John chapter 19, verse 12, to read a little bit more about that. One type of ancient letter, the letter of friendship, arose out of this relationship. Here the writer would share his or her own present thinking, often including reflection on one's circumstances, and inquire about the other's circumstances. Mutuality and goodwill always find expression in such letters, as do the obligations of benefits received and given. That Paul had entered into such an arrangement with the Philippians alone among all his churches, is explicitly stated in chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. All kinds of other features of friendship thus appear in Philippians, their mutual partnership in the gospel from the very beginning, Paul's special affection for them. Paul's enemies must also be theirs. The whole letter fluctuates between his and their circumstances. The language referring to each other's circumstances distinct to such letters appears in chapter 1, verse 12, verses 27, and then chapter 2, verses 19 and 23. Second, another kind of letter was the letter of moral exhortation, usually written by the recipient's friend or moral superior. Such letters aimed to persuade or dissuade toward or away from certain kinds of attitudes or behavior. In such letters, the author usually appealed to examples, including sometimes his own. This is where the story of Christ in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 fits into our letter, as well as Paul's own story in chapter 3, verses 4 through 14, whose point is that knowing Christ means to become like him in his death. Those who do not follow Paul's example are called enemies of the cross in chapter 3, verse 18. These appeals are designed to curb the bickering that is going on in the community. Third, the opposition to the church in Philippi is almost certainly related to the fact that Philippi was a Roman military colony. The town had been reconstituted by the first Roman emperor, Augustus, 
and given to troops defeated and disbanded by him during the Roman Civil War. Because they had been thus favored by Augustus, the citizens of Philippi developed a fierce loyalty to the emperor as such. It is not surprising, therefore, that the cult of the emperor, with its devotion to the emperor as lord and savior, flourished in Philippi. This loyalty brought its citizens into direct conflict with Christians and their devotion to Jesus Christ as the only Lord and Savior. Since Paul was also a prisoner of Rome because of the gospel, this meant that he and the Philippian believers were currently going through the same struggle. This background makes it easy to think that part of the reason for the narrative of chapter 1 verses 12 through 26 is also to offer the Philippians an example of how to respond to such attempts to suppress the gospel, namely, to rejoice in the Lord and to determine, whatever the outcome, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. As you read through the letter, see how often these things help you see how Paul is trying to both encourage and to exhort the Philippians to be like Christ and like Paul, his servant. So you can see how valuable that information now becomes when you approach the book of Philippians, understanding what was going on in Philippi, what made it unique what made the church's relationship with Paul unique, and even understanding the kinds of letters and relationships that were common in that time really translate into why Paul writes the way that he does and why he emphasizes the things that he does. When you're reading the Bible, if your goal is to put yourself in the shoes of the original intended readers, then these two books are going to help you do exactly that. Uh, You want to pick up both How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth and How to Read the Bible Book by Book. The number four resource on my list today is actually a podcast, and it's the Bema Discipleship Podcast. That's Bema, B-E-M-A. And uh, I found it because one of my mentors, who also happens to be a pastor at my church, discovered this podcast and just started raving about it and telling everyone that was involved in leadership that they needed to listen to it. And not to undersell this, but this podcast and the things they talk about on this podcast has fundamentally changed the way that I experience God and it shifted the direction of my entire local church, all right? So, <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, and that's not understating things, because what the Bema Discipleship Podcast attempts to do is to explain the Bible from an Eastern perspective, right? Whether you know it or not, there are two different worldviews that have competing philosophies that uh, affect the lens or the perspective that we read the Bible with. And each of those worldviews has strengths and weaknesses, and understanding how to properly read the Bible means being able to blend both of those. And so, if a Western view would be, uh, you know, like the Western Hemisphere, like Europe and America and Canada, those would all be Western countries. And then the Middle East and Israel and Judea, that would be Eastern perspectives. They're going to read the same scriptures differently. So, for instance, uh, a Westerner might see a frog and wonder, what's inside the frog? How are its organs made up? How does it work? And the Easterner would want to know, well, what's the frog's name? And does the frog have any friends? Has the frog ever been in love? And so they're both approaching the same thing, this frog, but with different sets of questions and different perspectives. And so the, the Bama Discipleship Podcast focuses on reading the Bible from an Eastern perspective. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having Marty on, uh, who's one of the hosts of the podcast, to do an interview here soon. And so you'll be able to really get a taste of what they talk about. Um, 
But the big takeaway from the podcast is that uh, Jewish scripture, the Old Testament specifically, should not always be taken at face value. That often when the writers were telling the stories of the Old Testament, um, they would hide a treasure inside of a story, which means that they're not going to come right out and tell you, here's the list, here's A, B, and C, these are the things you got to do in order to honor God. Instead, what they would do is they would tell a story, and they would hide a treasure inside of that story. And the goal was for the student, the listener, to discover that treasure on their own. And so if you ever read uh, stories in the Old Testament that just don't make sense, that's often a clue to the underlying truth that the writer is trying to communicate. It's not that they don't make sense because it's just weird or why would you talk about that? That's actually a clue meant to direct you towards an underlying truth. For instance, why is there a talking snake in Genesis chapter 2? We read that so many times and it's become so familiar that you don't even stop to think, wait, I have never seen a talking snake. No one has seen a talking snake except in Harry Potter, you know, and that's not real. So what is going on in Genesis 2? Well, the snake is meant to communicate something to us, right? That should be an alarm. And the question that a lot of people try and figure out is, well, what makes humans unique above all other creatures? Is it our intellect? Is it the fact that we can communicate with language? Is it that we have imagination? Is that we can kind of dominate and um, subdue creation? What is it that makes humans unique? And so some of those things like intellect, language, imagination, you can't point to those and say, that's why mankind is special, because the snake exhibits all of those characteristics. And so the treasure, the nugget that the writer of Genesis 2 is trying to get across is about who man is and what makes him unique. And it can't be the things that we normally look to. And, uh, and I don't want to ruin <laughs> the, the, the end of that story because when you go on that journey yourself, it's a really, really cool experience. And, uh, and I hope to be able to, again, bring Marty on soon, uh, sometime this month and, and do that interview. Um, but essentially this podcast, the Bama Discipleship Podcast is devoted to helping you see the Bible from a different lens, from a different culture, so that way uh, you can you can basically see it in a more well-rounded way. And so, so I just want to share like how this podcast has changed my perspective about God personally, um, because I tend to gravitate th- towards things that can be weighed and measured, right? Uh, I read a certain amount in my Bible every day, and so I look to that as a measure of progress. Uh, I might think about the number of people that I got with this week and, and had spiritual conversations with, or how good I felt after I spent some time praying to God. Like I, I look to certain things as metrics to track if I'm doing well in my relationship with God or not. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely only half of the equation. And so listening to this Bama podcast and, and hearing the Eastern perspective, I've gotten to know a more personal side of God, one that has given me greater security and contentment because I'm now more focused in discovering God's story as it unfolds around me instead of charting my own course and asking God to come along, which was definitely my MO and is definitely a Western way of thinking where we, we lift up and emphasize the individual 
the individual person. And, you know, if you ever think about the American dream and someone picking themselves up by their own bootstraps, that's what I'm talking about, versus being caught up in this grand story that God is telling that we get to be a part of. And just knowing that I'm not the center of the story, that I'm not the center of attention, that the universe doesn't revolve around me in a really tangible way that also draws me closer to God has been so freeing for me. And so uh, I would encourage you, if you enjoy learning and if you're not afraid to have your intellect and your understanding stretched to a breaking point, uh, then go and check out the Bama Discipleship Podcast. You can uh, find it anywhere you listen to podcasts and also at bamadiscipleship.com. And it's free to listen to. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to podcasts, uh, so you can go and subscribe and benefit from that. So all of these resources are great, but compared to number five, it's, it's almost no competition. And so uh, the number five resource that I use all the time and am really falling in love with is Logos Bible Software. And so I was introduced to Logos by guests on this podcast where, you know, I would ask people, what is a resource that they like to use to get deeper in their Bible study? And this kept coming up that people were using Logos Bible software. And so I started looking into it and uh, eventually pulled the trigger and got signed up and started using it. And it is really the most complete Bible study tool I've ever come across. Uh, You have access to books, like spiritual books written by theologians, by scholars, by professors, by influential Christians throughout history. You have access to commentaries, like hundreds of commentaries, online courses to help you dig deeper into particular topics. You can uh, even check out curated blog posts. So they they have a dashboard where you can look and see really meaningful, meaty blog posts that you can read during the week. And you can even create prayer lists, reading plans. It's like an all-in-one Bible study tool. Like literally anything you would want to do related to Bible study you can do in Logos Bible software, you know, and, and for instance, if you like to use your highlighter in your Bible, if you're one of the people that highlights passages that jump out to you or write notes in the side columns and things like that, you can uh, start a Bible study with, pick a Bible translation that you like, and then you have all of these different things that you can, all these different tools that you can bring into that Bible study, whether that's a notes area, like a little notepad where you can jot down notes uh, a highlight, an electronic highlighter, so you can highlight verses, words, and sections, and it's even got different colors and different styles of highlighter, so you could pick the one that uh, that you like to use. So if you actually like to r- draw boxes around particular paragraphs, there's a box option for the highlighter. They literally thought about everything. Um, you can drag in interlinear and commentary sections, all kinds of stuff. And uh, if you want to uh, start a Bible study and you're not sure, like, what are all the tools that I need? Well, they've put together guides for you, so that way you don't have to create it from scratch. So there's one if you want to study a passage, uh, if you want to do a a Bible word study, so if you want to pick out a word like faith and study that out. There's a theology guide, there's an exegetical guide, a topical guide, basic Bible study, expository sermon, so there's like sermon generators in here where you can develop all your sermon series resources from here, and even study out biblical people. So if you want to study out Job, there's a whole guide that will bring in all the tools that you need to really dig into Job. Um, if you happen to really love the maps that come in the back of your Bible, Logos has literally all of the maps. So you can type in like, oh, I wonder what the area was 
in Genesis chapter 6 during the flood, and it pops up a map and shows you all the different locations, and it's really, really cool, and it's really easy to search and see relevant maps and info depending on what you're studying out. Uh, I mentioned it has a sermon builder, but you can research things for your sermon. You can write your outline. You can even create your slides, and they have like preloaded stock photos <laughs> that you can use, which is crazy because normally you have to pay for a subscription to get those kinds of things, but it's all included in Logos, and it's all in one place. So you literally just open your Logos app on your computer, and, and you have everything right there. And it comes in different packages, uh, so you can choose the one that best fits your needs. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about how I've been using it. It has all these kind of resources, but I want to tell you how I've been using it and how it's been helpful is I've been doing the basic Bible study guide. And so what that does is it's a series of prompts that depending on what you want to study out, will walk you through the steps of this is how you should read this passage. So for instance, I started studying out the book of John again. And so I read the first section of John chapter one, and it would take you through a series of prompts, like read the verse over and over again. All right, check it off anything that you noticed, and you have like these little boxes that you can type notes into, and it collects them all. And it'll tell you to uh, read it in several different translations. And so you read it in different translations. Then it shows you the interlinear, and then it shows you the commentaries, and then it shows you the context, and it shows you the themes, and it shows you the other things that are... It, it, it just walks you through step by step and brings everything together so you're not having to shuffle between my Bible, this book on my bookshelf, that website over there, it's, it's all right there. It, it makes it so easy to very quickly and very efficiently study out something in depth. And so it's, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's just blowing my mind with how powerful this tool is. And so, uh, so I have the, the gold package. That's the package that I signed up for. And that came with almost 1,200 commentaries, books, and resources. Think about that. 1,200 that would take me a long time to buy, and I buy books all the time. Um, you know, you end up saving about 90% of the cost of if you acquired all these resources on your own, and it's all digital, so you can take it wherever you go. And it even has a mobile app. So not only is it something that you use on your desktop, it also has a fantastic mobile app that you can put on your phone, um, which makes it easy to access all of the commentaries and resources that you unlock depending on what package you get. And something that I really like that's inside the app is at the bottom toolbar, there's this little button, which I like to call the resource exploder. And it essentially allows you to have multiple different things open at once, and you can very easily swipe between them, right? So for instance, I have a commentary open, my ESV translation, a study Bible with extra notes, and then a text comparison. So I can see how that particular verse is translated in other Bible translations. And that's all right there on my, on my phone, and I can just flip back and forth. It makes it really easy to access everything and actually read it and interpret it and, and keep my place in everything. So, so you may be wondering, why am I hyping up Logos so much? And it's this. It's because I truly believe that it could be the key to unlocking a season of spiritual growth unlike anything you've ever experienced. That is the truth. That is the honest truth that I believe Using Logos will help you increase your knowledge of God's Word, it will bring you closer to God, and it can be the difference in whether you have a season of spiritual stagnation or a season of spiritual growth. Because often the thing that holds us back 
is not our desire to learn and grow closer to God. It's that you just don't have access or easy access to the resources that can help you grow and get to that next level. So if you're interested in picking up quite literally the last Bible study resource you'll ever need, then uh, here is all you have to do. So uh, I was able to get you guys 10% off of any Logos uh, package, plus you get an additional five books that aren't included in that package for free, and you can choose from a selection of the kinds of books that you want. And in addition to getting 10% off the base package and getting those bonus five books, um, when you use that coupon code, unlock your gifts in the number eight, uh, it will also go directly to helping support this podcast that uh, Logos is a way of saying thank you for letting you guys know about how awesome their product is and, uh, and getting you hooked up with that coupon code will uh, also give a percentage of that sale to help uh, the Practical Christian Podcast paying for things like uh, gear, hosting, advertising, rep, you know, spend to try and get the word out to get more people um, growing and learning from this podcast. And so by investing in yourself and investing in Logos, you also help give back to the podcast and to, to this ministry as well, which is pretty awesome. If you want to check out the different packages, if you want to learn lo- more about Logos, you can click on the link in the show notes and look at the base package that fits your needs. They kind of scale up and down depending on what kind of resources you'll need. And you can always upgrade later. So if you just want to get started without feeling super overwhelmed, just go with like the starter package. And then you can scale up later when you start to need extra resources. And um, when you look at it, you might get sticker shock. (laughs) You might look at the price and think, wow, that's a lot for an app. But uh, you can opt to pay it off with a monthly payment plan if it's really going to be a tough sell for you to to pay it all up front at once. And you can either choose the default payment plan that they set up, or you can create the one that fits your budget. So if you can only allocate, you know, say 40 bucks a month to paying off Logos, you can do that and, and customize the payment plan so you can immediately get access to that resource and start having it benefit your Bible study. And so you get to decide what you pay every month for the best Bible study resource on the planet. So it's, it's really a no-brainer. And all you have to do to get 10% off is uh, use the coupon code UNLOCKYOURGIFTS8. That's UNLOCKYOURGIFTS8, the number 8, when you go to check out. That's all you have to do, and you get the 10% off. If you're not sure if you'll like it and you're hesitant to like pull the trigger, you can also sign up for a free version, which is called Logos Basic. And that'll kind of give you the feel of the dashboard and how things work and, you know, if this is something you want to pull the trigger on. Um, So you can sign up for that for free. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. And even if you don't uh, sign up for Logos Basic and even if you don't uh, sign up for one of their base packages, you can sign up for their free book of the month club. And these are free eBooks every month that will help you grow in your knowledge and understanding of God and the scriptures. So uh, (laughs) hopefully I haven't overhyped logos to the point that you stopped to believe me, but, but it, it truly is uh, a game changer. And I want as many of you guys to be able to benefit from it as possible. So if you've been looking for that next step, if you've been looking for something to help you get you over the edge, I would encourage you to strongly consider logos, even over those other resources. Um, the other two books that I mentioned earlier in this episode. So that's it. These are my top five Bible study resources. The one that I recommend and the ones that I personally use on a consistent basis. And uh, as I close out, I just want to share a personal rule of mine, and it's this. Don't be cheap when it comes to your spiritual growth.
don't be cheap when it comes to your spiritual growth. It's just, it's not just an investment in your knowledge and understanding. It's also an investment in your relationship with God. And any investment that you make in your relationship with God is going to pay dividends in every single area of your life. So don't cheap out when it comes to your spiritual growth. Well, that's it for today. Make sure to smash that subscribe button to get daily practical tips just like this one. This podcast is ad-free thanks to my Patreon supporters. If you'd like to partner with me in helping Christians around the world be more effective for God, go to patreon.com forward slash practical Christian podcast and consider becoming a patron. And if this episode helped you in some way, please pass it along to one person who would benefit from it. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.